Hello, so today we'll be talking about how to get started with UI UX design and our guest today is Anthony Njoroge who is the lead UI UX Nairobi. He's going to share with us some of the tips that will enable you to get started with UI UX as a career and also we have a live audience who will be contributing to the podcast by asking questions at the end of the session. Let's get into it. Roll the intro. And this is the Let's Talk Developer Podcast, a show for developers by a developer. We talk to interesting developers from around the globe, know how they did it so you too can do it, and follow up closely on technology to keep you posted with the latest trends. Let's get into it. So, um, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to uh, come and speak about UI UX. Uh, it's a field and topic that I'm very uh, interested in. And so uh, I'm really happy to be uh, here to speak about it. So um, I don't first begin by um, let's first begin by introducing who I am, so that you can know who who's speaking to you today. So I am a user. My name is Anthony. Anthony Jorog. I think that's already been said. And I'm a user uh, experience designer at Proto Energy. Um, I'm also the community lead in UIUX Nairobi, and I welcome anyone who is interested in being part of that community to join us. Um, so um, something about me is that I enjoy uh, sci-fi movies and books. Uh, one of my recent reads is Hail Mary by Andy Weir, and I also enjoyed the movie Interstellar. And yeah, so that's, that's me. Um, now, let's first begin by, we've said the topic of today is getting started in UIUX. Uh, but the question is, what is it? Um, and uh, in my own interpretation, um, first let's divide again UI and UX, user interface and user experience design. So uh, use UI UX is the design of everyday things, how they should feel, how they should interface, how they should function, um, and uh, how they should look uh, is also part of it. Uh, it's about giving users an experience that they are going to find uh, delightful. And so um, the, the main focus here, you, you'll, in, you'll be, um, if you've noticed, there's a U in both of them, in UI and UX, there's a U. And that's because um, UI, UX, and user interface and user experience design focuses a lot on the user and making sure that the user has an experience that is good that they can enjoy, that they will enjoy. And so the focus is on the user, the person who's going to use our product um, and the experience that they're going to have. So specifically, let's break down, break it down. There's UI and UX. So let's first start with UX because that's how the process usually starts. Um, user experience is basically the process of analyzing the user's needs so that you can be able to find uh, what they need and create for them flows and processes that are usable, um, useful and enjoyable. Basically meaning that this guy is, the, as a person is going to be using whatever it is that they're going to be using, they're going to find it usable. By usable, we mean that they are, they're able to accomplish whatever they need to do without the assistance of someone. So let's say you designed an app and someone doesn't know. So let's say it's an app that is supposed to play music and someone doesn't know how to get a song playing or cannot be able to find, um, cannot be able to like find a song um, like where is the playlist and stuff like that. If they have to ask for assistance or struggle while doing that, then the app is not usable. Then useful, meaning that they are actually able to accomplish what it is that they want to do. So um, in the case of useful, for instance, and uh, I was creating the uh, uh, sort of like the community page for your uh, UX Nairobi, and I was using Discord, and the thought came to me, um, would this be a good place to do meetups? And so as I was looking through the, uh, what the, the meetup, uh, the meetings functionality is on Discord, I found out that there are a number of very important things that were missing. One is that I cannot be able to show a video as I'm doing now um, in, in, in um, uh, the stage channel, and I cannot be able to also share my screen. And so it's not actually usable, though um, it is, is, it's a tool that is out there, but it's not actually usable for my use case. Now, uh, the final thing here is enjoyable. Now, over and above 
um, the experience being usable, it also needs to be enjoyable. And the person using the, uh, whatever it is that they've created, they enjoy using it. So it's visually pleasing. It has, it's actually accomplishing their need and then more. Uh, it's giving them more than what they were expecting. So it, again, uh, this is part of designing an experience that they are going to enjoy. So as, you, as a UI UX, especially in UX design, user experience design, you want to make the experience usable, useful, and enjoyable and so that the users can actually continue using it and share that product with other people. So I'd like you to think about a product that you really enjoy using, um, any one of the products. So by product here, I don't mean like a physical thing. Think about an app that you enjoy using. Um, why do you enjoy using it? Why, why do you use it? It's most likely because it satisfies those three tenants and probably more. Um, and so it's, it's useful, especially if you, you're considering going into your UX as a career, to start observing things around you and things that have been created by people and find out why do I, why do I use this product? Why do I hate this product? Um, what, is it, what is it about this particular thing that I, that, that I really like? And that's the reason why I continue using it and why so many people use it as well. And so um, let's, think, let's talk about UI design. So UI is the design of um, the interface. And the interface can be anything from a computer device. And so to the screen that they're looking at, the colors and buttons they're going to be using. It could be creating of actual buttons and the way those buttons are going to look like physical buttons. And um, it focuses more on the look and feel of, of, of um, the experience more than how the, the feel flows. Um, so the designers would aim to create something that is pleasurable to use, looks nice, is memorable. So for instance, if you saw a WhatsApp screen, you know that it's a WhatsApp screen and it's easy for you to distinguish a WhatsApp screen from any other screen. And that's because a UI designer made sure that it's, it's memorable, that there are, there are certain things that are very consistent in the way that it looks. Um, yeah, so basically, that's, that's, that's um, UI design, creating the look and feel of, of, of the product. Now, something to note here is that um, UI and UX are two sides of the same coin. Um, actually, you will find that most people are either have the title of UI UX designer or that they have the title of product designer because they are doing the, both sides, figuring out how it's going to flow while figuring out how it's going to look. The reason for this is because it's very difficult to extricate these two things. It's difficult for you to think about the experience without thinking about the, the way it's going to look. Because again, where the button is going to be placed will determine whether it's usable or not. If the button is too small, that's a UI thing. It will determine whether a thing is usable because it's too small, I can't be able to click on it. Or that the font size is too small, that I'm not able to see it um, and things like those. And so most of the times you'll find that the term is UI UX. Um, and there are UI designers out there and there are UX designers and we're going to talk about how, what kind of scenarios they exist in. But for the most part, these two terms are brought together. And most of the times, especially now, the term is moving towards being uh, referred to as product designer and not um, UI UX uh, per se. So I'd like us to uh, have an activity and um, I, I would like you to probably comment in the chat um, what is wrong with this dashboard? So just take a moment and look at it. Take a look at the dashboard that I'm, um, and specifically focus on the buttons. What is wrong with, um, with the buttons? What is wrong with this dashboard? So just take, I'm going to be silent for a moment and I'm going to ask you guys to just um, write it down. Write down what you think is wrong with this dashboard. So there's something seriously wrong with this dashboard and a UX designer should be able to um, would have fixed this had they paid attention to it. Probably for an explanation for the people who may not understand what we are looking at, this is a dashboard of a vehicle and the, 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 um, the, num the, the letters here indicated are the top one would be park, then this would be the reverse button, and this would be the neutral button, this would be the drive button, this would be the uh, sport version. So the sport version is the word, um, like if you wanted the vehicle to be able to go really fast and be on sport mode, this would be the stop, um, the, 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 um, the button you'd press. And then this is the start and stop engine button. 
So basically, this is what you press to start and stop the engine um, when when you're um, when you're operating the vehicle. So, um, for instance, most of the time, I don't know whether you've driven driven before, but most of the time, um, most of the time when you're starting to drive, you will enter the vehicle, then press the start engine uh, button, and then once you press the start engine button, you, the vehicle would originally be on park, so you'd press on the drive button. And then when you start driving really fast and you probably want to get into sport mode, you press the S button. So again, I'm giving hints on um, what's wrong with the buttons. And I'm seeing answers coming in. Uh, Harry has said the location of the buttons are distracting because they're very close to the steering wheel. Yes, that can be a problem, um, but I would want to hear more. Uh, Peter is saying that it does not have a guide. Um, and yes, that, that also may be um, one of the problems with the, with the dashboard. Um, and there are no instructions for the beginner to know what to do. That's true, because there's no way for you to be able to, unless you, you, you have driven for a while in other vehicles, you would not know what this is. So beginners have no idea what to do. Anyone else wants to say something? I'll give it one more minute. Uh, what do you mean by, Kevin, you say that it's on the wrong side. What does that mean? Kevin, you said it's on the wrong side. Why do you say that? Please type it out. Waiting for your answer. Um, so he's, he's a more annotated button. So the main problem, okay, let's see. A bit rough to prevent one fingers from sliding. Yes, I agree. That's one of the problems as well. Um, on the left side of the wheel, oh, I see your point, yes. Now, these this buttons, uh, the reason why Kevin, they're this way is because they're in the US, so do you remember they drive on the left-hand side? So that may not be as big of a problem, but thank you for the answer. So um, you'll notice that the S is the spot button for driving at high speeds, and the start engine button is very close to it. And so this is an actual problem that happened um, in the US. Ford recalled around 113,000 um, no, vehicles, uh, SUVs, vehicles that they had sold to clients because the vehicles were shutting themselves off, turning themselves off when the person was driving. So you can imagine you're driving really, really quickly, and then you're about to get into sport mode, and you accidentally press the wrong button because it's very near the sport mode. Because remember, you're driving, and so your eyes are on the road, and so when you're going to be pressing that button, you will normally not have a lot of time to look at it. And so a lot of um, mistakes were being made where, where vehicles were being shut down accidentally by the drivers. And you can imagine how scary that would be. I don't know whether there were any accidents that happened, but I see this as a great potential cause of accidents. Now, if a UX designer was actually working on this, they would have done, first would have studied the context that the driver drivers usually have. So again, they are drivers themselves. They would have investigated and looked at what drivers normally do. And in investigating that, they would realize that drivers are usually, like always, looking ahead in front of them. Then when they're creating the product, they would probably, if they had created it this way, the mistake would have been caught during a phase called testing because the phases in design would be like learn more about the user and the next phase uh, after that would be ideate on things that you can do, like ideas for solving the user's problem. And the, the other thing would be designing the actual thing, prototyping it, so that it can be seen, um, like someone can be able to visualize how it's going to be before any code is written. And then the final stage in the UX, the UI UX process is testing, where you actually test it out with users and find out what they would say. Now, if this testing was done with some versions of prototypes, they would have realized that this button is so close, they are so close to each other that this problem would be there and they would not have, would not have cost them as much as it did. And you can imagine that this story is um, how many years now? That would be six years ago and it's still being talked about even now. Uh, I read, I pulled up this article just a few um, like two days ago, so meaning that these guys are still, Ford are still experiencing reputational damage uh, from what yeah, the incident here. So what they did to fix it is that they moved the button to the very top, because normally when you start driving, you first press the start button, and then you move from park to either reverse or neutral or drive, and if you're driving very fast, the only mistake you'd make is either pushing on the neutral button or pushing on the uh, S, the, like the speed button. Um, and so the possibility of that mistake happening was completely eliminated. 
Um, and again, I like the um, I like the, the suggestion by Samuel to make the buttons a bit more rough so the fingers don't, don't slide. That would also fix that problem right there. And so um, designers are really crucial in anything they do in, in any team or in any process, even if you are designing yourself, probably you are developing your thinking through the design. It is really important to take time to think through the design and test it with people before you start writing code. The reason for this is mistakes later on are going to be ex very expensive to fix. Mistakes in code that has been deployed to users means that probably there's something bad happening with the users. They're having a bad user experience. They'll probably stop using your app if there's a very critical mistake. But also fixing it will take time because you have to figure out how to refactor the code and then push it out again. And by that time, probably you've lost money or lost time. And also you'll have reputational damage as a result of it. And so UX design is important. Now, the reason I'm giving this example and not talking about screens or apps or web apps is because UX design is wide. And it is, um, it's the design of how an experience should flow. And it's not just limited to apps. It's not just limited to uh, web apps that you may be building right now. So let's jump into um, what are the, top, uh, the roles in um, tech companies, like UX roles in tech companies. Now, the kind of role that um, you would expect to play in a tech company would vary depending on how big the business you're working in with is. Uh, if you're working in a very small business, you'll do a lot of things. Uh, you'll do actually almost all of these things here. Um, I once, and I'll give my story later on, but I once worked in a company where I was everything. I was doing UX design. I was doing the actual building of, in this case, websites. And I was also doing the testing and deployment. So you, in small companies, you do everything. In larger companies, um, the roles are more, uh, they're more specialized. And so you'll find that in large companies like here at Koto, we have a UX researcher whose work is to actually do research and learn more about the client and then go out and do testing, find out whether to validate the solutions that we've created, whether the solutions are good or not. We have a UX designer who is um, usually would be um, the, the interaction designer figuring out how things are going to flow. And so their, their job is not really to design how it's going to look and feel. Remember our definitions for UX and UI. And so they, they do just UI interaction work and how things are going to flow and the feelings, the, the, the way the features work and interact with each other. And then there are UI designers who are basically UI people that uh, they, they make sure that it looks good. The branding is uh, at par with what is expected. On. Then there are UX writers. UX writers are involved in determining whether the, the text that is going to be on either a website or an app, on buttons and so on, that text is the right one, that it, it actually uh, fits the, 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 the use case and that it's in the right language, in the, in the right tone and so on. And then there are UX engineers and UX engineers is actually a front-end developer who develops, uh, who, whose work is to create the um, um, the UI, um, basically the, tra translating the mockups that we have created and the prototypes that we have created as designers into, uh, into code that then can be used into, in a system. Um, and like, um, it can con then consume endpoints. Uh, but basically their work is to make sure that the visual um, vision of the UI designer is translated into an actual product. So... What's the typical day of a UX designer? And I'll talk about my own typical day. So uh, typical days involve talking a lot with clients um, to learn more about their needs, figuring out who, um, like talking with uh, who your users are, um, figuring out who your users are and going out to like converse with them, find out what it is that they're interested in, uh, figuring out what 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 things what their average day is. So like, for instance, I would go out to the field and like interact with users to find out like where if if I'm going to build an app for them, for instance, we, we, there's, a, there's an app we built called Pro uh, Pro Inventory, and that in, app is used internally by uh, warehouse staff. And so in in finding out more about the user, I would go to the actual warehouse and the place where they are working and figure out what kind of environment is it. Does it have good Wi-Fi? Is it um, is it um, is it a cramped environment? Do they 
Do they would they require a big screen or an app? Would they require a laptop? Like what can they be able to use? Um, um, like what what? How busy is it? Uh, is it possible that these guys would make mistakes? And how can we ensure that whatever it is we're creating for them, um, make sure that they do not have they do not actually make mistakes as they are using the app. So talking and interacting with clients to find out more about them and their needs. Then sketching on tools like Figma and um, FigJam. I'll encourage you to go and explore that free tool. It's called FigJam. It's a tool where you can be able to, if you have a graphics uh, tablet or even just your own mouse, um, you can be able to draw like a very basic wireframes of what your app should look like. And so wireframes basically draw out, this is my next point, but it's the image I'm focused on, um, like draw out things like this on, on paper or on FigJam. And then the next thing would be uh, designing like actual how the app will look like in high fidelity uh, with tools like uh, Adobe XD or, uh, or Figma. I personally use Figma as my design tool and it's free, so go check it out. Um, and then I then the next process, next thing would be testing designers, designs with users to find out if your solution was correct and if they have any feedback that would, you can be able to use to improve on the product. And then the next um, one of the things I do every day is documenting my work um, on different tools like Jira and Confluence. Again, you can go check out these tools because they are the tools. You, every developer, if they're going to be in a development team, is going to use a tool like Jira and, and Confluence. Uh, even if they are not going to be Jira and Confluence, but tools like those to document their work and like um, talk about what they are doing and what they've accomplished and hand over their work to to uh, the engineers, um, the uh, uh, developers. So the, the last thing, which is um, also a big part of my day, is interacting with engineers every day to, uh, and product managers in meetings and one-on-ones to discuss what it is we are doing, what we're going to be doing in the future, um, getting feedback for work that we've done, getting um, like plans and um, giving out ideas uh, and trying to sell your vision. Um, yeah, so that's, that's what... Um, a typical day for me would look like. So how do we, how do you get started in uh, UI UX? You, you may be saying, okay, this sounds interesting. How, how can I start? It seems so complicated. Well, it's actually not, but it will take a bit of effort. So um, I would say everyone's journey is different. They, everyone will have their own path uh, and I'm going to share mine, uh, but UI UX is, um, is a field that admits people from very many different fields. Um, and you mean, right now you probably are studying programming uh, and computer science in this case, or you may be studying something completely different. Probably you're studying literature. Um, there is a path that would get you into your UX if you are interested and are willing to put in the work to get into it. So let me talk about how I got into your UX. So I started off as a graphics designer. Well, um, again, even before that, um, my original training was in marketing. And so those are the roles that I was doing. And in one of those roles, I found that I really, really didn't particularly like it uh, and enjoy the work. And I wanted to change the direction of where my life was headed. And so I decided to start doing graphics design. And um, sort of like a pastime, I started doing it for businesses and I started doing sort of like social media marketing for them. And as a result, um, I, I transitioned on to a company where I was doing that as full-time. And instead of doing it as a side hustle, I started doing graphics design um, and social media marketing uh, for a company like uh, as my main job. And I did that for a while. And as I was doing that, uh, the company I was in was also developing websites. And so I started designing websites here and there. Again, because of my skills in graphics design, I started um, designing websites. Um, and as I continued designing websites, the website became more and more complicated to build. And so as they became more complicated to build, I has now started to learn UX. That's how I got introduced into, uh, to UX because I was already doing UI design. In designing a website, I was basically just doing the UI design. Um, not really thinking a lot about the users, but as the websites became more and more complex, we started building e-commerce websites, we started building websites for more prominent personalities, then it became more and more difficult to just build the UI without thinking deeply about the user, without doing testing and so on. And so design, UX design principles became part of my way of solving some of these problems. 
And um, as I continued doing that, the clients really loved the work that we were producing. And so I, I started getting pulled into that direction. And so I started learning about UX, and there are so many courses out there. There are a lot of YouTube videos. There are actually courses that, I, uh, that are out there that would be useful in helping you to learn. And um, I started getting the principles and the processes of UI design, UI UX design, um, like in my life and actually started doing them um, and started incorporating them in my work more and more. And um, I stumbled onto uh, a, a monthly meetup called UX Vienna, that also then taught me more, allowed me to network with a lot of users, uh, a lot of people who are in the field and who could give me advice on how to get started and so on. And so you're lucky now that you have this opportunity to um, like talk about this, hear about these things. Uh, but being part of a community helps you, to, um, helps you to incorporate it in your own life and visualize how other people are doing it, learn from them, and actually also see that in the way I can also be that. I can also do that. It's not something that is done by aliens. I can do that myself. And so um, as a result of that, as I continued doing that, I got the opportunity to work at Proto as a uh, UI UX designer, uh, user experience designer. And um, my story is still continuing. I'm still continuing to grow and learn. But I've learned a lot over the years and accumulated a lot of knowledge. Um, and I'm happy to apply it uh, for my current place of work as I continue growing my skills and uh, continue to grow in, in this field. So the question for you is, again, I asked, I talked about how I got into your UX, but the question is, how can you get into your UX? Um, again, as I've said, our paths are different, and you, you may not follow the same path I am in. You are a student currently, and so, um, again, you, you, you're not starting from a place of that you're already in a career line. And so the beauty of being a student at this particular point in time is that you are actually able to learn and apply these principles before you get out of school. And so it means that you actually can be able to apply and be a proficient UI UX designer in addition to being a computer science graduate, which is a really good combination for you. So my, um, my encouragement for you is to start learning UI UX principles. Um, there's a course by Google called... Um, um, there's a Google certificate, actually, uh, how to learn your UX. Um, again, just go, go, go look for it on Coursera. Um, I would recommend that as, as an option. And there are a lot of others. It's not like that's the only one. Uh, go start on a course. It will give you some fundamentals. Then after that, start participating in uh, design challenges and uh, give them your best. Like, give the very best that you can um, in design challenges. Like, start... With simple design challenges like create a screen, create a button, um, go do some user testing. And so design challenges are really good to get you started. But I would say over and above that, um, volunteer your services to local businesses. Once you've gotten a bit of, of knack that your, your, your design skills, skills are not too bad, you've done a few challenges and you're doing well, go to a local business. I'm sure there are a lot of businesses in Limuru, a lot of businesses in Nairobi. Um, a lot of businesses um, in Kavoko, which I think is where you guys are. Um, and you can go out and like tell them, I'd like to design for you a website. All you do is host, host it. Uh, I will do everything else. I will design it. I will do research for it. And now use the UI UX principles you've learned to, and apply them in building that kind of website for them. Or collaborate with um, an, an, uh, an Android developer, or if you are able, if you are a developer yourself, instead of building a website, build an app and tell them, okay, you just host it, I'll build the entire app for you and think through the entire flow of how that app should look like and how it should flow and the functions should have. Um, do Engage the full UI UX um, skill set that you've gained. The reason why this is important is because real-world experience is really important. You may have um, like uh, class experience, you may have um, challenges that you've done over fictional thing, but actually solving real world problems, sorry, is something that I would personally really encourage you to do. And the reason being is if I was, if was, if was hiring a UX designer um, and I was asked to pick in between someone who has a lot of head knowledge and has a very, very beautiful um, body of work that is very clean and precise, but none of the projects are actual real world projects. Uh, and I was given someone else who probably is not as prim and proper and who does not have very necessarily extremely beautiful 
designs as you would see them, but that he's, he has actually worked on real-world problems that I can go and Google and find it, and I can go and like, find it on the Play Store if it exists. That is a person I would hire over the person who just had like, theoretical work. Something else that would be useful is be part of a design community. You can join your UX Nairobi, and there are lots of other design communities, and be an active member. Um, review people's portfolios, see what they are doing well, give them comments, give them feedback, collaborate with other people, but also uh, collaborate, um, like ask them to collaborate with you. Um, and one of the things that you're, you're working towards in all of this and doing all of this work is creating a portfolio. Now, when you're interviewing for a UI UX position, there are two things that you're going to be asked when you're sending your application. Actually, three things, but mostly two. Um, the three, the two, uh, the, the, the first two, if there are three, the first two of those things are the usual, your CV and your, uh, and your cover letter. But the third thing that you will be requested to give is a portfolio. Now, a portfolio is a, um, basically you giving case studies of problems that you have actually solved. So it's a diagrammatical representation of the work you have done. So it will have screenshots of your app and the explanation of this problem you are solving. So you also need to go and learn how to make a good portfolio. So as you're doing all of the things I've suggested before, like creating, uh, like going to volunteering with businesses to go and, and like create that kind of work. And again, by the way, let me mention this. Even if you're not going to be part of, even if your aim is not going to be to be an, a UX designer, even if that's not the thing you're aiming to be, probably you won't just want to be a normal programmer, doing the things I'm encouraging you to do will make you a lot more competitive as a developer because you're going to be solving real-world problems. You're actually going to be applying the knowledge you're getting in school and applying it to real-life problems. Doing Being part of communities and so on, this applies to anyone who wants to grow their careers. And so whether you're a programmer, an engineer, like do these things and they're going to be useful. And even if you're you're not going to be a UI designer. By learning UI, UI UX design, uh, you can apply it a lot into your own work as, as, a, as a developer or product manager. That's what you're going to become. Um, so learn how to make a good portfolio, make it shine, make it look good. Um, and then the final step is don't be afraid, afraid of applying for jobs. Now, once you have done all of those things, you'll have a bit of work that you can be able to then apply for jobs. If you see someone uh, stating that they need one or two years experience, as long as you have the things I've talked about, you can actually apply and tell them, oh, I actually don't have any formal experience, but I have done these things, and here's my portfolio um, that explains the, the things I've done, and you're very likely to be hired because you have real-world experience. So that's how you can become a UX designer. So um, when applying for jobs, I would encourage you to apply start up, um, like begin your career with a startup. Now, the place I was working for, the, the, where I was building websites, where I learned UX, UX design, uh, was a startup. And so I was doing a lot of things. I was a um, digital marketing manager. I was their graphics designer. I was their web designer. I was their UX designer. I was doing virtually everything. But the thing about doing all of that work is that you do a lot of work and you have a very large body of work. You'll be able to get out of that place with a very large portfolio of very good work. You'll have dealt with clients directly. Your work is not going to be, you're not just going to be working on just one project. Now, since I left and, and joined Proto, I've only worked on like two projects, two or three projects uh, since then. Like the, my, in my portfolio, they would have two or three things that I've been working on for that length of time. But if I, have, if I was still in that place, I would have already done probably like 20 or 30 projects uh, in that amount of time because you do a lot of work and interact with advertising. You're, you're forced to work much faster. Now, the reason why I recommend that when starting up your career is because you, it will build your real-world experience really quickly and you will have a great opportunity to actually grow very fast if you are um, if, if you start off um, in a startup compared to a larger organization. Now, larger organizations pay more. They have more access to money, so they pay more. But I would advise that you'd rather sacrifice the large amount of money to begin with to, be, uh, to work in a startup because you're going to work, you're going to gain a lot more experience. That's not to say that if you, gain, if you get an opportunity to work for a large company that you throw it away, you'll find your way along the way. You can even do side projects if you do get that large gig. But I would encourage you not to just sit and wait the large company to call if you're if a startup is actually giving you the opportunity take the opportunity and run with it it will be it will, it will be of use to you 
Um, so a few action points for you. Um, if you actually want to get started uh, as a UI UX designer, because you can start now. First would be, I'd encourage you to join the UI UX uh, Nairobi Discord community. Um, and uh, I guess I'll share um, the link with Hillary and we'll share it with you guys if you want to be part of that. And then attend UI UX Nairobi meetups because this, this, this is a meetup of actual UI UX designers and people who are interested in the field talking about UI UX stuff. So you'll get to learn a lot about uh, UI UX in that meetup. Uh, it happens monthly on uh, every uh, second Wednesday of the month. So we're having a meetup in on the 20, no, on the 8th, if I'm not wrong, uh, the second Wednesday of, of, uh, of, of December. Then I'll encourage you to subscribe to the UIUX Nairobi YouTube channel, where we post most of those meetups. And also we'll be doing extra content around UIUX, so interviewing UIUX designers, sort of like in a podcast um, format. Then I encourage you to join the uh, do the Google certification course. It costs money, but I, I feel like it's it's a worthwhile thing to do. Talk to your parent, or you can finance it yourself um, before you get out of school, because it's an extra certification that is actually recognized out there. And then um, do design challenges and volunteer services to build up a portfolio, and then learn how to do a portfolio and do it and get a portfolio. And you will at that point then be job ready to actually work in actual jobs. So finally, I want to just end with a few FAQs, and you can be posting your questions. I don't know whether any questions have been posted. I'll check in the Q&A. Um, no questions have been posted. So I'll start with the frequently asked questions that I had myself um, when, when trying to get into UX design. Um, and you can post your questions in there uh, as, as I go through this list. So is a formal education required to get um, to get a, a job in your UX? Um, I would say no though it is really valuable. If you're doing computer science, you're probably in, in a better uh, point or you have more advantage than someone who is doing something different. But as I've said, my background is in marketing uh, and that's what I studied in the university. And so um, you can be able to transition from um, other roles uh, and use that experience to actually be a, a good UI UX designer. So it's not required, but it's an advantage. Now, actually studying UX um, you, you do, I, I'm not familiar of in, with any university in the country offering UX specifically as a, as a course. And so, again, it's not yet there, but it's going to start getting there at some point. But I encourage you to like, actually do certifications like what I've encouraged the Google one. Uh, it's very useful, uh, especially to give you the basic understanding of what you're required to do. Then, um, do I have to be good at design? To be a UX designer. Now, you, you realize that there was one of the roles I'd mentioned before called a user researcher. Um, and so the user researchers are not, um, they're not necessarily very, like, quote-unquote, good visual designers. And even UX designers, are not, they don't have to necessarily be good visual designers. But as long as you can be able to think through a problem and apply the design methodology um, and apply it to actual real life problems. You do not have to know how to actually be good at design, but if you're going to take that path where you're not very good at design, like actual visual design, then you'll need to like work on yourself to be a researcher and so you're able to like get into the bigger company. So it's going to be slightly difficult for you to get off, like start off in your career because people who hire designers who are not necessarily good at like UX designers who are not very good visual designers is um, are bigger companies that hire a UX researcher specifically. Um, and so that's an answer there. Then do you uh, have to know how to code or be a programmer? Now, as I've said, you don't have to. It's a big advantage. Learn, uh, learn React. Learn what, what um, the, the people who you're going to be interacting with are using. So for instance, I personally interact with a lot of uh, Android devs who are uh, not wrong using Flutter um, currently. And, um, and I also interact with um, front-end engineers who are using React. And so, again, I, do not, I'm, I, I can't say that I am, um, I am a programmer per se, but I will be able to read code. 
and be able to understand how they're implementing something and it's of use. Understanding CSS, understanding how styling works in Android and so on, understanding those principles um, is going to be useful because you're going to be interacting a lot with these guys. So you, you need people to speak in a language that they uh, understand and agree with. Then, what are the salaries like? Now, it's, it's different. For big companies, they're going to pay generally more than smaller companies. International companies are going to pay a lot more than like, local companies generally. It's not the rule. Um, um, and so I would encourage you to just, just do a quick Google search. Um, how much do UX designers earn in Kenya? And the numbers there are accurate. I did a Google search myself. The numbers there are accurate, but it, it will be different depending on where you're, which, how big the company is, um, like um, what kind of uh, problem they're working, which industry they're in. So there are a lot of factors that, that vary. Um, and so um, do your own research. And I found that the research in online is, for the most part, pretty accurate. Now, um, do I have to have a portfolio as a UX designer? Absolutely. There's no way you're getting into a design job without a portfolio. You will not... You will not even be considered for an interview. You do not have a portfolio. And a portfolio, like for a UX researcher, if let's say you're not a designer, visual designer, you still need a portfolio and a case study that explains how you solved your problems. So I don't know whether, you, whether in school you remember when you're being told by your math teacher, show your, show, show your working, show, show how you solve the problem. Like um, It's very important for someone hiring you to understand how you work. And so most of the times they're going to ask you to show your work, show how you solved the problem. And so you absolutely have to have um, um, a portfolio as a UX designer. I hope this has covered all questions you may have in your mind. Do we have any other questions? Um, yes, we do have questions. So we have Harry is asking, mm -hmm. which coding language do you use for UI design? We actually don't have a coding language that we use for UI design. We use a tool called Figma. Um, I'll post the link here. So the, um, the Figma is, is a tool that allows, um, probably I'll even share, share my screen. So, Are there yeah. any websites to do challenges from, challenges uh, about UI UX design? Yeah, so let me, let me first share this. This is, this is an example. This is a, a dashboard I'm using. Um, I'm currently de I'm designing an app, and so um, the tool here is called Figma. And so you're able to um, use the app I was telling you about, the Pro Inventory app. And so the tool allows you to create screens and connect them uh, to each other. So, for instance, um, if I wanted then to um, like mock it up, like go testing it with users, I would. Um, I would put it on the prototype mode and I would um, like present it to users like that. So it actually looks like an app that I can be able to click through and people are able to see, like um, um, users are able to test it out and tell me, oh no, this is, but there's no code here. All of this is um, visual, like arranging of um, different things together, uh, triangles, boxes, putting color on them and basically visualizing how the thing is going to look. And so usually, like for instance, when I'm working with a, with a, with a developer, I'm going to share this with them. And when they are looking at this code, so for instance, you'll see that let's say as an Android developer, let's say they get into this particular screen, they're going to, um, you can see here on the right-hand side, I don't know that it's very clear, but they're able to see um, the colors, for instance, let's say if they want to take this text here, be able to find out what are the dimensions here, what is the, um, what is the color of that particular thing. If they want to download, let's say, a particular image, they can go and download that image there. But basically, it's a tool that I use for design and handing over to, um, to developers. Yeah. So, um, sorry, there's a question you're asking which I did not answer. If mm -hmm. there are any websites to do the yeah. challenges about your UX design, there are a lot there are a lot of websites just do like ux your ux challenge um and you'll find like a lot of a lot of results that will come and so i'll say like try out different challenges the ones that again depending on which direction you want to head you'll probably find one challenge better than another so um go and find out like go and explore like what challenges um which challenge works for you but there are lots of them out there so just I google design the... challenges yeah 
Okay, so I think on the challenges, uh, I will be able to share some of the websites that I personally use. Mm. So I'll link them awesome. on the chat. So we have another question from Evans. How mm. do I apply and land a UI design project or a job? Um, again, I've talked about when you're beginning, people will be a bit skeptical of your abilities because you, you, you can't say that, oh, I'm a UI UX designer from a certain place that they recognize or that I have this body of work. So you have nothing to show. So my the, the best place to start, my advice to you, would be first do challenges so you can be able to show that, oh, by the way, I've designed this and this and these things. Then go and volunteer your services to a business. So look for a business, probably, let, let's say you have a friend that um, um, that needs a website, for instance. Like volunteer to do the, the visual design for that website. Um, and like go through the entire... UX, your UX process when designing that website. Like, go and find out who the users are, um, what phones do they use, how big is the phone, um, what what context do they usually shop in. Like, create examples of like create things on Figma, like I've shown, and then go out and experiment and test them with users. Are you able to click through? Yes, are able to click through? Or again, create an actual real world problem. So go and try and solve someone's problem. Or probably like even in a charity, for instance, like do like a charity probably needs a, an, an app for whatever reason or an event that is having an app that needs an app. Volunteer to do it. Do it for free. It's going to be the best experience you ever get. They, they, you may be doing, you may be feel, ah, but the thing is, no, you, especially when beginning, um, do, I, I would encourage you to, to sacrifice money for experience. Because at some point, you're going to make money. But if you first start off with money, then it's, you, you'll be sacrificing experience for money. And in the end, you're going to plateau. You, you can't go to as high as you can go. So my advice is for as long as you can, for as long as you possibly can, sacrifice. My, my, my advice is that don't, um, don't run after the money um, and forget the experience. Get the experience first and get as much of it as you can get as wide of it as you can. And once you have that experience, then you'll be able to ask for whatever money that you want. Um, but if you fast that with money, if you, all you're chasing is money to begin with, then you, you are going to be sacrificing your future uh, to a degree. So my, my advice is like, like work extremely hard and sacrifice the, uh, sacrifice the now for the future is my advice. Okay, so Kevin is asking, any advice on how to come up with a portfolio from scratch? I would say do not start with a portfolio if you don't if you haven't done any projects yet at all. Start off with start off with design challenges, right? And the reason why I would advise like you use you do the Google course is because the Google course has is practical. Like you'll you'll do things practically. You learn some things in theory, then start doing some things practically. Now when you start doing things practically, you will have a portfolio, right? Because a portfolio basically is a body of work. Or just didn't, you can't just come up with a portfolio from thin air. It must have come from actual problems that you actually solved. So I would say first try solving some problems. Solve a number of problems because your first problem, first problem you solve will not be perfectly solved. And so you will need to you need to um, like solve a number of problems before you actually say that yeah, by the way, I'm now good. I've actually now start started learning how to solve problems with Zuri. And so. Um, Learn, uh, do do a few challenges, do actual like volunteer work to have a body of knowledge and actually apply. Don't just make the portfolio just for the sake of the portfolio. Like actually apply your knowledge, uh, apply the knowledge into actual solving problems and like think through, rack your brain into like solving problems. And when you do, then it's going to be you're going to, it's going to be easy for you to create a portfolio from there. So Diana is asking, you mentioned coding is beneficial, but having no prior knowledge on it, does it mean I cannot do well as a UI UX designer, considering the different career backgrounds? Mm -hmm. So no, not really. You, you can actually survive being a UI UX designer without learning how to be a programmer. The only downside to it is that you, there are some principles, basic principles you learn from being an, um, a programmer. So my advice would be, there's something called a T-shaped um, knowledge. Like you have T-shaped knowledge where you have, you know a lot, a little about a lot. And then you have, you know, um, a lot 
about one thin area. Like, so for instance, you're very, very good UI UX designer, but you understand something about marketing, you know something about um, programming, you know something about Angular, Kidogo too, just sufficient just for you to be able to have a conversation with a developer and be able to like negotiate with them. So you don't have to know. I would advise that you deepen your knowledge. As you continue deepening your knowledge in your UX, you may find opportunities to learn, like do a mini course and in a beginner's guide to, uh, to react and do a small a project. Go do it. You will learn something small about it. You will not be perfect at all in it, but at least you'll be familiar with it. So you don't have to be like a top-notch developer for you to be this, to be um, uh, a UX designer. And you actually do not need, need to be a developer at all for you to do this, but it's really useful to know so that you're able to, to be part of a team and negotiate Vizuri, negotiate in a good way with them. Okay, so another question. How viable is Webflow to bring my designs to life? Webflow is awesome. It's actually a very, very good tool. If for the person who asked the question before, um, I would encourage you build your portfolio using Webflow. You will learn a number of principles of web design from Webflow. Webflow also have a very good course on how to use their software. I think it's um, something in Webflow University. They have a very full, like a very good course, like on freelancing and so on. Like do that course as a way of learning, like a bit of not. You won't really learn programming per se, but you'll understand CSS. You'll understand uh, a bit of marketing. So it will teach you a lot about a, a lot about very little about a lot of things. And then you can go deeper in the specific thing that you're learning. So Webflow is a really good tool. I would advise for it. The only downside to it is that you um, you will have to be paying hosting fees to them to use uh, to continue hosting your site there. And so you will need to extract it as um, as um, uh, extract it to your own domain name or probably use the .webflow.com account, which is still fine. Again, if you want to use the .webflow.com like subdomain as your portfolio, no one will judge you for it because people are using Behance and so on. So it's still okay. Okay, so we have another question. Is Figma only used for Android and mobile applications or can you use it for desktop application? It's just that I didn't show you the desktop application of, of, of um, like the web app I'm building on, web, on, on Figma, but Figma can be used to design everything. Um, so it can, you can use it to design virtually anything from like wearables, um, it's a blank canvas. So you can design it, you can use it to design a lot of different things. Thank you for your time. I wish you all the best in your upcoming practices you have ahead of you. Thank you. <laughs>